In today's show, we look back at Wednesday. There were eight games on. There was injury carnage. There were huge performances. We'll talk about it all, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com and the promo code is locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to talk about Wednesday. There were eight games on. We'll talk about them. What do you think? I actually, you know what? I'm not going to do one yet. We'll do it in a second. But firstly, tell you a reminder Thursday, February the 9th, 1 30 p.m. Eastern, trade deadline show going for two hours. Breaking down all the moves that happen, anything of note for fantasy, we'll do it live as it goes down. Check that out. You'll see the link here on YouTube. It'll pop up at the top here if it hasn't already popped up. Go click that, give it a thumbs up, put it in your calendar, and we'll see you there to do that. And now, let's talk Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. Zion's doing some running. That's some good news. Still only, yeah, still probably a few weeks away from him returning, but uh, positive news that he is back running. People ask me, hey, do you think he's even going to have an impact rest of the season? Like, yes, pretty clearly I do. Yeah, straight after the All-Star break, I think we'll be back and going and will be a huge boost to a team in the fantasy playoffs. I'm really confident of that. Of course, I can't predict injuries, but I'm really confident of that. Jalen Green looks like he could be back on the weekend. So that's... I don't know if it's good news. They haven't, they've won the last two games when he hasn't played. So maybe it isn't good news. Maybe it is good news if you're trying to lose. I don't even know anymore. Torres Halliburton looks like he returns tomorrow. They go to th- the Thursday, Friday, back-to-back. I wouldn't think that he plays both. So if you do have McConnell still, you might want to hold. Just hold to see what happens on Thursday, to see where the Halliburton sits Friday, because you still might get one more premium game out of TJ. I'd, I'd probably just hold for that. Just in case. If you've still got him now, like you could have dropped him easily on Sunday and had the three days of a streaming spot, which is totally fine. But if you've still got him now, hold. Orlando Robinson, the, the next Heat backup centers out with a fractured thumb. So he's going to be out for a fair few weeks. That puts Dwayne Dedman back into that role for those of you in 20-team leagues. And then the big news is Devin Booker looks like he'll be returning on Tuesday. That will remove someone like Tory Craig out of the starting lineup. Landry Shamet never got an opportunity to shine with his foot issue. With Not that he would shine anyway because he's bad, but he never got an opportunity to have some occasional big games. So Booker looks like he'll be back on Tuesday. Adjust yourself, get ready, prepare. So week 17, Devin Booker's coming back. It is happening. Let's talk games. The first game was, they didn't win, but I'll do it anyway. The Orlando Magic go against the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers win it 105-94. Let's start with Fultz, 18-3-2. No other stats there. No counting stats. No triple ones. He had a triple zero is what he had. But everything else is really good. He's been pretty solid. A little bit down recently, but still a 12-team league guy. But I guess the big story, as Obi tries to leave me, um, the big story here is Jalen Suggs. 26 minutes, 11 points, two threes, five steals. Hmm. Now all the troll questions about what do you do with Jalen Suggs can come back. I still don't think he's an ad, 
But this is their backcourt, I think, of the future. I've said that a lot of times. Uh, that, but yeah, one of them needs to be able to shoot, and they, they can't do that yet. That's the concern. Cole Anthony, under 20 minutes for two consecutive games. He had 11 points. Very hard to recommend a hold there. Again, I wouldn't add Suggs because there's still too many guys and names in that mix, but it was interesting. Gaz Harris played 28. He had 11 points with three threes. Wagner struggled 13 points with two steals. And Wendell Carter, the best news is that he played. 33 minutes, 9 and 13. 30% shooting is bad, but he was questioned with a plantar fascia issue. So if you did add Mo Bamba, he was a DNP. You can go drop him. If you did add Bol Bol, he had 2 and 5 in 15 minutes. Two blocks, but 2 and 5. You can go and drop him. There was also no John Isaac in this game. He was, he was I'll say, rest, healthy resting. He wasn't. He was resting, but not on a back-to-back. Um, and Mo Wagner had 6 points in 15 minutes. So if you added him with the expectation that Carter was going to miss, then obviously we can go and move on. Now, that doesn't preclude him being an ad later on if Carter has to miss time, but He's all right. For the Sixers, Harden, 26, 9, and 10, six dribbles. Really, really good game, obviously. Embiid, 28 and 11, pretty strong game. While the Thick Hogsman had 16, 5, and 5, and he brought the blocks back. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Yeah. Cool. Like, he'd struggled a little bit of, of late, but that's a good game. The two guys who really struggled were Tyrese Maxey. Tangles had 10 points on 18%. It's a huge buy low. Right, he's never going to bring the other stuff. One rebound, two assists. That's you know, not far off normal. He had a steal, but he's not an 18% shooter. And like when we talk about him not being able to sustain 46% shooting, he also won't sustain this level. He is really down at the moment. Will he be top 100 rest of the season? I have significant doubts. But I still think he's a 12-team league player that you've got to buy low on. And what do you do with the wave pool, D'Anthony Melton? Well, I don't really know. We've got George Yang getting the bulk of the minutes here. Not PJ Tucker, not Melton. Melton had three points in 20 minutes. As I've said all along, in a 10-team league, I don't think you need to hold him. In a points league, a 12-team points league, you don't need to hold Anthony Melton. In a 12-team category league, it gets a little bit more confusing. He's the 79th-ranked player this season. A lot of the damage was done early when Harden and Maxi were out. And now it's like he's still starting, but some games it's 31 minutes for Melton. Some games it's 21 minutes. And it's very, very... In fact, it's actually impossible to tell when that's going to happen and what the production is going to be like. I would still like to hold at least through the deadline or at least through this week because you might get to the trade deadline and he might become totally expendable for a good opportunity that opens somewhere else. But for now, I'd probably just hold through that. Obviously, not great stuff. Montrezl Harrell was so bad in this game, but Doc Rivers, being the legend that he is, kept playing him. So that's sick. We always, uh, always enjoy a Doc Rivers moment, don't we? Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. So if we go and have a look at the odds over there, any change to anything? I'm going to guess probably not because we're seeing really solid stuff. Like we're seeing the, the Eagles just hold steady at one and a half or minus one and a half. But I've got some playoff specials up here now. Patrick Mahomes, what is this? Most playoff passing yards. Why is that odd still up? I suppose, oh, because, yeah, because Burrow's ahead, isn't he? Yeah, so Mahomes is minus 750 to get to that. Jalen Hurts, plus 11,000. He'd have to have a monster to pass Patrick Mahomes. We've got lots of stuff um, over there on Fangio for the uh, for the NFL Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57, coming up in the, yeah, when is it? Two weeks? Yeah, two weeks' time. So go and check that out over there. It is 
safe, it is secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you get your winnings paid instantly. So join Fanjul today at fanjul.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanjul.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanjul, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Second game of the night, there was injuries. There were there were big ones. Um, 122 Portland, 112 Memphis. Yusuf Nurkic was listed, I think, questionable before this game. They said he was right to go. He lasted two minutes before leaving this game with a calf injury and left the arena in a walking boot. That has got to be missed time. It has to be. I don't know how long, but it's going to be missed time. Um, so we go and add Drew Eubanks. That's our first step. Go and add him. 24 minutes for Eubanks, 11 and 11 with a steal and a block. Is that a perfect game? Far from it. But he did have five fouls and that limited his overall playing time. He is the guy to add. Deeper leagues, you can look at Trendon Watford who had five, three and two in 22 minutes. But Eubanks is the guy that we want to add. We also had Jeremy Grant leave at halftime. He got whacked in the head. He says he's not in the concussion protocol. They ruled him out with concussion-like symptoms. He was on fire. He had 18, three and one in a very Jeremy Grant sort of line. With him out, they started Jabari Walker, had powerful in the second half, but really it was Nasir Little and Jabari Walker and Shaden Sharp and Gary Payton, who played 29 minutes with Jez out. Hopefully he is okay as we move forward. As for Josh the Hitman Hart, really, really bad. He had a trip to the locker room, but he came back 32 minutes, zero points, zero steals, zero blocks. He had two rebounds and two assists. It's very, very hard to get behind Josh Hart as a 12-team league player at the moment. Things are trending down really, really hard. I don't think he's a must roster. He's not a must drop. But he's in that, in that mix. As for Gaz Payton, the minutes are great. But all he had was a steal and a block, seven points, four rebounds. That's obviously not a 12-team league player. Lillard continues to be just like, I don't know, absolutely ridiculous, I guess. Oi, Damo, give us your lighter. 42, 8, and 10 with five threes in 40 minutes. He's now up to number eight per game on the season. He's just dominating. And 15 of 16 from the line, while Simons had a really strong game. Now, his peripherals always worry me. 16, 2, and 4 with no defensive stats. But in this one, he got extra usage because Grant was out, and he hit his shots. 56% shooting. That turns into a really good game for him. Um, for the Grizzlies, Jar had 32, 9, and 12 in 34 minutes. And I've got some criticisms here, I guess, or some confusion, I guess, of Taylor Jenkins. They lost the game. Okay, good. I'm happy because it annoys me when things don't go the way that I think they should. <laughs> Obviously, that sounds stupid, but... They made the change to start Xavier T. Illman at center over Brandon Clark. Clark had started all the games. Clark started the game against Gobert. And then the reporters' um, reasoning behind this was, well, they've got a bigger body center to go up against in use of Nurkic. So let's start Tillman. Okay, I get that. Nurkic played two minutes, right? So you know what you can do? You, you could make an adjustment. You don't have to play Tillman 28 minutes. Now, maybe you could say you do have to because Clark had three fouls in four minutes, but he ended with three fouls. Or 3,005 minutes, whatever it was. But he ended with three fouls. So I'm not saying Brandon Clark played well because he didn't. But the matchup thing when their matchup doesn't even exist, like Eubanks is six foot nine, he's about the same size as Clark. Pretty ridiculous to me. And now I have further doubts as to what the hell we do with Clark and Tillman. I still think Clark is the guy that we want to have. But Tillman had four points, 10 rebounds, five assists, and four steals. A totally useful 12-team line. I think we look at Tillman as a 14-team league guy rather than a 12-team league player. But if they're going to be back and forth, and it's not only back and forth in starting versus bench. It's like 30 minutes versus 15 minutes. And that's going to put a real hammer, a real hammer, a real spanner in the works. And the next spanner is their game is tomorrow against the Cavs, a big team. So are we expecting Tillman to start there? I think we'd have to. But then they play against the Raptors. So they will definitely start Clark there. And then the next game is against the Bulls. Well, what do you classify Vooch as? And then it's against the Wolves. And last time it was Clark against Gobert. So I don't ever know what to do with that anymore. I still prefer Clark over Tillman. As my screen hasn't even updated, I apologize. Or did I screw that up? Um, 
I apologize for that. Um, do you start Clark over Tillman? I, I, I don't know what they do. I don't know what we do. I think we still roster Clark in 12-team leagues, but that's frustrating. Um, Jaron, 35 minutes for Jaron Jackson. We love that. 18 and 7 with 6 blocks and 64% shooting. Just a fantastic game. Well, Dylan Brooksy Brooks. The nine points, nine shots, one rebound. Continues to suck. I don't even know if he's a points league guy anymore, to be honest. Des Bain, only the 26 minutes for him. He did have some foul trouble returning from that knee problem. I wonder if he plays tomorrow on the back-to-back. That'll be something to watch. 17 points, three assists, a steal, and a block for him. Well, Danny Green made his season debut. Amazing that he is back. 10 points, three three points. Uh, 10 minutes, three points. That's what I'm trying to say. With a triple, don't worry about him in any fantasy league, but he's back, and he will impact guys like Zaire Williams and John Conchar. And we only got 17 Tyus Jones minutes in this game, further putting him back to be a stream-only sort of a player. The next game is the Brooklyn Nets. They took on the Boston... Well, they didn't take on them. They tried to take them on, and they got humbly embarrassed. It was a pretty um, pretty disgusting game from Brooklyn, who had a nice little flourish at one point there without Durant, but they have generally just sucked in most of the games that he hasn't played. 139-96. Kyrie played 31 minutes for 20 points. Like, okay, but that's not that great. Nick Claxton only got 26 minutes, 9-6, and six, so that little hot streak is over. Mainly they're limiting his minutes due to the blowout, and that means that Dayron Sharp's playing more. 27 minutes for Sharp. They actually played Sharp and Claxton together, can you believe it? Sharp had 9-7 and seven with Simmons out. He's flashed a little bit. We don't need to add him with Simmons out, but I, I don't... You know, it's, it's worth paying attention to in Dynasty Leagues. Seth Curry sucking continues. Seven points in 25 minutes for him. Very hard to look at him as a must roster. Well, Cameron Thomas, 19 in 24 minutes. We know what Cam Thomas does. He scores. That's what he does. 35 usage, 16 shots. He doesn't do anything else. I don't trust the minutes. I don't trust the volume. I don't trust any of it for Thomas. I wouldn't add him at this point. Joe Harris had 12 points with four threes, while O'Neal had seven, six, and four. And all of these blokes, O'Neal, Harris, um, Thomas, Curry, Warren, when he plays, no one is reliable enough to be considered a 12-team league guy, it feels like. They were just, that was shocking. That was so bad. For the Celtics, only had to go half speed here. Jason Tatum, 37, or 31 and 9 with seven threes and four assists. Maximum Derek White, got it done. Maximum Derek. And you want to talk about, um, you want to talk about, what do you call it? Um, what's the, oh yeah, confusion. Spanner in the works. Like, Malcolm Brogdon have been getting the minutes ahead of White. And this one, White plays 32 and Brogdon plays 22. So I don't know. I, I don't know. 14 and 10, five assists. We just keep going with White while Smart is out. We do it with Brogdon as well, who had 10, 2, and 4, but just the minutes are all over the place. And we only got 25 Al Horford minutes. Nine points, three threes, not a points league player. Category league, I get it. It's frustrating. If you're punting points, the value's there. If you're not punting them and you desperately need them, well, he's not bringing them for you. And that is a, qu- a question you have to ask yourself. It was also a really strong Rob Williams game. He only played 19 minutes because it was a blowout. 16 and 9 with a block. There you go. That's the value. You know, he's 53rd over the last week. I think he's starting to bring that value back. Grant Williams couldn't do anything despite the blowout. Six points in 17 minutes. We don't need to hold him in any 12-team league. And Jalen Brown, 26 and 7-3. is really just an absolute cakewalk in this game for the, um, for the Boston Celtics. Today's episode is also brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy, but not daily fantasy the way that you know it. It's just player projections, and they put them up there, and you go, more or less, simple. Jalen Brown might have 24 points, 24 and a half points, and you say, I think today's a day for Jalen to go more than that. Or they might have Rob Williams at six and a half rebounds, and you go, I think I'll go more than that as well. And you go between two to six of those individual player projections, put them into a lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your money back on those entries. You can do it. 
in under 60 seconds. You can do it in over 30 US states and majority of Canada. And you can do it for multiple sports. You can do it for the Super Bowl. You can do it for NHL. You can do it for baseball season coming up, women's college basketball, men's college basketball, the WNBA, boxing, esports, NASCAR, golf, MMA, and of course, the GOAT, Disc Golf. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Let's um, go to the next game. The Golden State Warriors lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves in overtime. 119-114. Steph was great. 43 minutes, 29 and 10 on 38% shooting, but still the numbers are there. A good while. Jordy Poole shot horribly. He is really regressed after a hot start with uh, Curry back. 18-7-5 on 31. While Wiggins, at least we're getting some better Wiggins games now. 16-7-3. Clay just couldn't hit anything. 14 in his 40 minutes. Draymond played 39 minutes, interestingly. 10 and 12. And DiVincenzo, even though it's overtime, just 25 minutes. Now, we probably grabbed DiVincenzo for the three games in four nights and the back-to-back, so hold him. Seven, four, and five is not really great. The five assists are nice. The steal is nice, but hold him through these next couple of nights. And Looney had a really good game. Two steals, two blocks, nine rebounds. I still don't think he's anything more than a 12-team streamer rather than must roster. Well, John Kaminga's run as a 20-minute guy is over. Hasn't happened the last two games. 10 points for him in 15 minutes for the Wolves. Goose did it again. Um, big game from Anthony Edwards, 27, 6, and 5, two steals and a block. Inefficient, but good. And then we had Rudy Gobert, who was out again with the groin soreness. They list him questionable every game, and today they decided not to play him. I don't know how to judge that. Did he have a flare-up? Was it just a rest? I don't know. But the Wizard of Noz, Naz Reed, played 34 minutes. Naz Reed, 24 and 13, two threes, four assists, steal and a block. Do we go and grab Naz? I don't think so. I don't think so, because I don't think Gobert's going to miss more time. But I don't, I honestly don't know. And the problem here with Reed is that he plays like 15 minutes or he plays 30 minutes. And he's great or he's a 20-team league player. And figuring out if Gobert is going to play is tough. I don't think this is a long-term absence, but I don't know because I didn't expect him to sit out today. D'Angelo Russell had 29 points, seven threes, but empty apart from that. And Jaden McDaniels, 38 minutes, only nine points, but we love that he got the two blocks back. We know we got a steal here. They'd been really lacking the defensive stats, but he was able to bring them back. And Kyle Anderson just sort of did his thing. Apart from the one of five from the line, which stinks, he had nine, 12, and four. And that's really what you expect. That's what he brings. He's never going to be a high scorer, but that's what he brings. It was also a solid game from Austin Rivers, but I don't think we need to care too much. 28 minutes is a lot of minutes for Austin Rivers. 10 points, five assists, two threes, a steal, a block. Some pretty okay numbers, but we're not really doing anything with that. I don't think. The next one. Hmm. The Rockets win. They do win. Um, 112-106. The Thunder, let's start with them. They, of course, changed their starting lineup. Pig Williams started, played 12 minutes. They started Isaiah Joe over Aaron Wiggins, and Aaron Wiggins started the second half. There's, you can't trust anything. You can trust three guys on this team, and that's the Bronco, it's Shea, and it's Giddy. That's it. No one else you can trust. Um, like Trey Mann popped off for 18 points in 17 minutes. Cool. I don't expect that. Actually, Kendrick Williams, you can trust, regardless of if he starts or not. He had a really good game. 13 and 6 with three steals. A nice 14 team league guy. We'll start with the good here. Giddy, 20 and 8 with eight assists. Shea, 28, 24, 8 and 4, three steals. Shot horribly, but 10 of 10 from the line. And the Bronco only had eight points on 22%, which obviously stinks. But Jalen Williams totaled a Richie as well. Two for two, two, two. Two threes. Two steals, two blocks, remains a 12-team league player. 
But like the Jalen Williams, Isaiah Joe, Aaron Wiggins, all of that nonsense continues to be confounding and confusing and not anything that we can rely upon, unfortunately. And you want to talk about reliability. I put a tweet out today, all right, saying, because I've heard a lot of fantasy people and a lot of people talking about um, Tari Eason being this premium dynasty stash, right? The number one dynasty stash. And you know my pushback on that. And it, I always have to clarify, it's not because I don't think Tari Eason's a good fantasy player. I think he is. I think he's a brilliant fantasy player and should get big minutes and could honestly be a top 60 player this season if he played as a starter, right? He could easily be that. I've said that a lot of times, but my concern is when does he ever play enough minutes? And today, there was no Kevin Porter, there was no Jalen Green, and Jabari Smith went to the locker room late and Tari Eason played 19 minutes. Well, Josh, that must be because he was playing poorly, yeah? Yeah, nah. 20 points, 13 rebounds, three steals, two blocks, a 49% usage game for Tari Eason, if you can believe it. Yes, he shot only 38%, but they closed the game with Dacia Nix and Jay Sean Tate and KJ Martin. Absolutely stupid coaching. They just, He played a little bit as small forward, but even when Jabari Smith out, they didn't put him in as the power forward to close the game. This is why I have concerns about Tari Eason as this deadline stash. That is a great line. There is absolutely zero debate. And we did say, hey, add him. Three games in four nights. Let's go. The value of that is great. And then we'll see what happens. But the deadline thing to me is if Eric Gordon is traded, he is not getting the minutes. He will not replace Eric Gordon. I don't Unless everything that they've done up until now gets turfed away, it won't happen. They prefer Martin and Tate and Knicks and Christopher and whatever other spuds they can throw out there. That is what the frustrating part of this is. We know it's all there. And so what you'd be relying upon stashing Tari Eason is not an Eric Gordon trade because that doesn't impact him. It's an awakening from Steven Silas. And do you want to trust that? No. Now, it is zero cost to stash Tari Eason to the deadline now. Zero. You're a week away. It doesn't matter. And this game is obviously brilliant. But you do you expect 49% Tari Eason to be a 20 and 13 guy with three steals, two blocks in 19 minutes every night? If you do, you're wrong. It just isn't going to be able to happen. And this is why I push back on it. And it, it frustrates me because I know he should get the minutes. I very much believe he should. But I also have seen this coach screw things up for years now at a time and not do it. And every pattern suggests that Eason will not play unless Smith or Shingun are out. And even today, with Smith out, he didn't play. He didn't play. It is bafflingly stupid. They won the game, yes. But it is stupid. And I hope that clarifies my position on Eason or why I have some skepticism. Have him, hold him, roster him. But I think the light, the, the, it requires so much finagling and changing in mindset for him to actually play a 27-minute-a-night role that I just don't see how it happens. I just don't. KJ Martin's going to get the minutes, I think. He's going to get the minutes. 18, 7, and 4, solid. Eric Gordon, cool. Why are we bothering here? I don't know. We are, though. 25 points, 35 minutes, three threes, two steals. He's got some solid 12-team 12, 12 stream value, but more 14-team value. While the delicate dancer, Alperen Shengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. His usage was way down here, just uh, 17%. But he had 10, 12, and 4 with three blocks. After some of his big games, that is a little bit disappointing, but otherwise, not too bad. Jabari Smith continues to struggle, 9 and 7 with a block. It's very hard to hold him. It's holding through draft pedigree. That's it. Well, he was the number three overall pick, but maybe he shouldn't have been. Maybe maybe, maybe he shouldn't have been anywhere near that. Like we look back to last year's draft and you go, there's no way Jalen Slug should be pick five, yeah? We look back and say that now pretty clearly. But a lot of what we're holding on to was Jabari was he was the third overall pick and a lot of people thought he should have gone number one. And I think that's pretty wrong. But we still can't quite break free of it. And I'm guilty of it too. But he's doing nothing at all. It's really tough to consider that a hold, I think. 
The next game, the San Antonio Spurs, they lose again to the Sacramento Kings, 119-109. Fox had 31 points with 10 assists and three steals. Very, very strong game. And Sabonis was monstrous as well. DeMontis Sabonis, when he's bringing you defensive stats, wow, that's awesome. 34-11, two steals, two blocks there. And Malik Monk, this is another big game for Monk at the expense of Herder. Very interesting. 33 minutes for Monk, 22-3-5 with three steals. Would you grab him? Sure, let's just see what happens. And what do you do with Fanta Pants, Kevin Herder? 19 minutes, five points. He's really struggling. Is he a must-hold player? And I think this game pushes him outside the top 100 for the season. I think you probably do want to hold him, but realistically, he's a points and threes guy. Now, I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but like I told you with Keegan Murray, the shots were at a rate that was way too high, and when they don't fall, he will get limited. Two points on 0 of 8 shooting with no defensive stats. And he played 27 minutes. This has been the pattern all season. So it was a nice little run for Murray. Everything was going in. He was at like 48% from three or whatever it was. And I thought there was going to be a significant drop-off. It happened here. Does that mean you have to drop him? I don't know. But you know what? With this game, he's 214th over the last week. 152nd for the season, Keegan Murray. Is that a must-roster player? I don't actually think that it is. I get that the role is there, but the role actually fluctuates quite a bit. And when you don't do anything apart from score, and then the shots don't go in, and then that results in you getting benched, it's very hard to maintain fantasy value. The pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. 14 and 6, 9 shots, 2 threes. That's a Barnes line. That's why we look at him as like a very fringe 12-team league guy who probably should be rostered, but also shouldn't be held on too tightly. While Trey Lyles had five points in his 20 minutes, obviously not as good as the last time we saw Trey Lyles out there. But the Spurs, 29 minutes for Jakob Pertl, 18 and 12, a steal on a block, 69% shooting. That's it. That's great. But can we trust it? Of course we can't. Hold him until the deadline. Let's see what happens. The horse, Keldon Johnson. Whose horse is that? 18, 8 and 5. Strong game. 44 from the field, one of two from the line. Not ideal. Obviously, lack of defensive stats always going to hurt him. Well, Zachary Collins, only the 19 minutes, but 14 points hold him until the deadline. They lost two players very early. Jeremy Sohan, seven minutes, done with a back problem. Trey Jones, nine minutes, done with a foot problem. Um, I'd like to hold to see what the actual result of those injuries was. It's not great. Look, Jones had already been struggling. I still will hold them, but not ideal. And with them out, Malachi Branham stepped into a larger role. He played 32 minutes and had 22 points on 69% shooting. So we already know that shooting is not going to stay real. He didn't do much else there, although the five assists are nice. He's at least a watch list guy and a deeper league ad. The other guy that they started was Joshy Richardson, who played 29 minutes and had 19 and eight, two threes and two steals. And if it requires Jones and Sohan being out, Richardson can be an option to stream in, but not a must roster player. I mean, we'll find out the injuries of those guys, whether that means Richardson can be an ad, and I don't mind adding him. But it takes a lot to get there. Um, Bates Diop had two steals. He's a very good steal streamer while Romeo Langford is out. But that's, I think, realistically, about all we can expect from him. All right, the next one, let's talk about the Flying Nick Nurses. They get done by the Utah Jazz, 131-128. The final score here in a game that the end seemed to take forever to get there. And of course, it was gigantic minutes for the Raptors. What else would you expect? 38 minutes for Van Vliet, 34, 12, and 10, a steal and a block. He was... Struggling at points this season. He's absolutely flying at the moment. There is going to be a regression, I can assure you, because the shooting won't stick at this level. So if there's any top 15 trade out there, top 20 trade out there, you do it. 
Gaz Trent was great as well. 38 minutes, 20 points, three steals, three threes. It's a Gaz Trent, though. That's what it is. It's points, it's threes, it's steals. Didn't shoot well, but it's what he does. At least he got to the line, so that was impressive. While Scotland Barnes had 18 and 14, and it's a Barnsley line as well. Nice rebounds, bad field goals. He hit a couple of threes, so good stuff there. Well, Siakam had him on the buy low show. I think it's still in effect. 21 and 10, five assists, looks good. But no defensive stats. He just doesn't get them anymore, apparently. Didn't hit any threes, shot 41 from the field and 50% from the line on three of six, which is really quite bad. He is struggling a little bit. His ranking is dropping precipitously. Um, I think we still value him as a top 50 guy, but there's a buy low opportunity. And then you know how I was like sold on Achua and he's going to get big minutes? Well, 25 minutes. And it's not that he played particularly poorly. 13 and six, a steal on a block, 75% shooting. That's okay. One of four from the line's bad, but they just went to... Thad Young and Malachi Flynn and Christian Coloco and Delano Banton. I couldn't have predicted that. Still hold Precious through to the deadline and see what happens. While Boucher had 16 and 5 on 78%. Don't buy into it. Don't add Chris Boucher. For the um, Jazz, Kessler played 30 minutes. He had 17 and 14 to steal and 7 blocks. There are still people that ask me to this day whether Walker Kessler is a must-roster player. And my answer, as you're well aware, is yes. What are we talking about? Of course he is. Yes. Please add him. Markkinen had 28 and 13, while Mickey Conley, 19, 3 and 8 and 2 blocks. Conley is still available in leagues. He should not be. Please go and add him as well. What do we do with Kelly Olenek, though? 20 minutes, 2 points. That's undeniably bad. 2, 4 and 4 is terrible. Is he just working back from the ankle injury? Are they going to run him as a starter, as a 19-minute starter? I highly doubt that is the case. I'd like to give it a week, maybe through to the deadline and see where it goes. But if he's only playing 24, 25 minutes, he's not a 12-team league guy. Of course, that was never the case before he hurt his ankle the second time. He was a 29-minute player and a top 80 guy. If you're in a points league, the value is not high enough to hold, so you can move on. That's fine. In a category league, I would hold him. Six and four for Vanderbilt Bar. Really hard to see him getting big minutes with Kessler there, so I wouldn't be too excited there. And we only got 20 minutes out of Colin Sexton. 12-3-4, I just don't see the purpose of Colin Sexton in a 12-team league. Points league, maybe, but I just I, still, I don't really see it. Jordy Clarkson, the man on the street, had 23 with five triples. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. And added five assists. Well, Beasley did what you need him to do. 14 points for Malik, four triples. That's what he is. Bad shooting, but the points and threes is what he brings. He brought it. Good win for the Jazz. A lot of similar stuff, but also, yeah, I hope you're convinced on Walker Kessler. Surely you are. Surely, yeah. And now we do the last game of the night. I'm not really even sure why. It was a gigantic ass-kicking. The Hawks, 132. The Suns, 100. Trey Young returned, 20 points, 12 assists, 27 minutes. DeJounte had 21, 6, and 8. But honestly, look, what are we taking away here? DeAndre Hunter was sort of okay, 15 and 5. Bogdanovich was okay in 25 minutes. Capella played 22 minutes. Um, Onyeka Okongwu played 20 minutes and was really strong. 17 and 4 with two blocks, a perfect 7 of 7 in his first career three-pointer. This game was over, like by the by the third quarter. So minutes are just spread all over the place. We got seven minutes of Aaron Holiday and six minutes of Justin Holiday. Also six minutes of Vic Krejci and seven minutes of Trent Forrest. If that shows you how out of hand this game was, so yeah, maybe you look at Johnny Collins as a buy low because this performance ties into some struggling games from him, and he has been struggling. But we don't take much out of it. Same as we don't really take much out of it from the Suns. Mikael Bridges got a lot of shots, thirty-four usage. He didn't hit many of them. That's not true. His score is he's end up his scoring is okay, 23 points, but 33% shooting is bad. 10 of 10 from the line, seven assists, but all of this means nothing because Devin Booker returns on Tuesday and he's not having this role. We knew Chris Paul was going to be a sell high. He was on the sell high show. He had three points on 
Hopefully, you catch something in. Well, Cam Johnson, I know the struggle is going to be there to hold him because this was bad. Six points in 15 minutes, it's definitely bad. 29% shooting, he doesn't do too much else. And if you don't need points and threes at pretty good efficiency, what are you doing with him? Like in a points league, he's probably not must roster. In 12-team leagues, he's borderline. In a 12-team category league, I believe you do want to roster him. But again, if you don't need points and threes, if that's not a category that you're either competing in or a category that you're so far ahead, it doesn't matter, then he provides no value to you. Nothing at all. So you're better off just streaming other guys in. As is the case with a lot of these players, they're two, three category guys towards the end of your roster. And Alex Caruso might be a must roster for some with his steal ability. De'Anthony Melton, same, get some steals. But they don't work for everybody. Like Cam Johnson's points and threes. Norman Powell is points and threes. Malik Beasley is points and threes. Now have Johnson ahead of a lot of those guys. But if it doesn't make sense on your team, it doesn't make sense on your team. And I think... We, and I'm guilty of this as well, get caught up in talking about must roster and this guy's got to be rostered, blah, blah, blah. There are certain players, like if you don't need blocks and Walker Kessler's there, you still add him, right? Because he's good enough to, to help you there and there's definite trade value in that. But with fringy sort of guys, like a 10th or 11th player who doesn't make sense in your team, don't worry about it. And that's sort of where I think Cam Johnson fits in here. But we don't need to break that game down too much more. Let's look at the lines of the night. Your monstrous does go to Damian Lillard. Oi, Damo, give us your lighter. Your waiver wire is Malik Monk. The young gun is Walker Kessler. And the dud of the night is the other rookie, Keegan Murray. Your top 10 players in category leagues, number one is Damian Lillard, followed by Fred Van Vliet at number two, Tatum at three, Sabonis at four, Harden at five, Fox at six, Markinen seven, Walker Kessler eight, Jamarant nine, and Joel Embiid at 10. The top 10 players rostered in under 50%. Malik Monk, I think it is worth having a look there. Josh Richardson, if Jones and Sohan are out, then I probably think he's worth a grab. The Wizard of Noz himself, Nas Reed, obviously if Gobert's out, we add him. Would you add him now? I don't think Gobert's missing more than one game here. I think he should, but I don't think he is. So that means Nas probably isn't a must-roster guy. I think Eubanks is, Eubanks is because Nurkic is going to miss time here. Jalen Suggs, really good performance. How the minutes all shake out here, really interesting. Remember, John Isaac was out, and they didn't go back to Terrence Ross. They just pushed the minutes into the guys who were there. So that enabled someone like Suggs to play more. But he's been 20-plus minutes in three consecutive games. Watch that. Malachi Branham is a very interesting, like, March fantasy player. And he played a lot today. I think if you've got deep league stash ability, I would grab him. Austin Rivers at seven, no interest. Xavier Tillman, uh, like... I think he plays a decent role tomorrow against the Cavs. Worth a stream. Trey Mann, no. Kenrich Williams, good 14-team league guy. And your top 10 players in points leagues. Number one was Lillard. Two was Van Vliet. Sabonis, Fox, Morant, Kessler, Tatum, Nas, Reed, And number nine, Tari Eason. I should have mentioned this earlier. He put up those big numbers. He also, I believe, had 19 fantasy points in one minute because he had like five offensive rebounds and he kept missing it and you know, kept missing the rebound, missing the rebound, getting it, having a shot, getting it, having a shot. That's why he had 49% usage. That's why his numbers are so inflated because I think he had 12 offensive rebounds out of his 13 rebounds and a lot of them were from his own misses. So again, and the other thing I found out, and I found out that I should have mentioned earlier, he played the 12th most minutes in this game. Seventh most on his team, almost eighth most. He had played like 10 seconds more than Garrison Matthews. He almost had the eighth most minutes on his team without Green, without Porter, and with Jabari Smith leaving early. Just always remember these things before we get too excited about stuff. And number 10 is Jim Harden. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, I think you know what to do. You thumb it up, you leave your comments down below, you subscribe. Let's hit 60 grand before we get to the all-star break. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Say so, yeah.